Hi, this is Eel O'Neill, and you're listening to the Three Count Podcast. Well, by now, you know, after you hear this kind of intro, usually that means that this is now entering 201, which means that we are bringing back some of our favorite guests, and we just want to have conversations with them, then dive, dive a little deeper into what we've been doing. So, who am I? That's right. I am Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And like, you know, season two of this show, you know, I feel like you would listen to all the other episodes that we do. You would just say with me, I am your Sherpa. Because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But... Like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring? You can find this man at Fight. You can find this man at EWA. You can find this man at Pizza Party Pro. You can find this man even at the Wrestling Open. You can find this man traveling all over, uh, up and down the East Coast, into the Midwest, into Dirty South. Sometimes you might even want to look for him to go international soon. Maybe somebody got a shout-out. On what culture, you know, one time. But he is the man, the myth, the legend, and I like to say my good friend, Eel O'Neal. Howdy, howdy. What's up, man? Uh, nothing much, nothing much. Just living living the life, having my cat stare at me right here, trying to get pets. <laughs> so I got to kind of manage manage her as she tries to, like, be down here and get my attention. Yeah, I feel like that's the one thing about, like, pets that a lot of people kind of when you have pets and you're trying to do like stuff, they always want to be included somewhere. Yes. Like I know um, before we talked, we were talking about my old dog Duke. Like he like always, like he would stay next to me, but he just didn't want to be involved with the interviews. But my new dog McCoy, she'll like jump up on my chest and she'll like stare at the camera. And it's like, she wants prima Donna. <laughs> she wants to play. I uh, the, the, uh, the, my, all my cats, just as soon as, um, as soon as they see me trying to get something done, that's when they're like, oh, hey, like, let's go bother him. All right. Time to go bother him. Time, time to- <laughs> so like every single time I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing an interview, I'm doing some kind of work call. I got to be like, OK, so if you guys see cats or like some cat decides like to, hey, bo- start bothering me. I'm sorry. Like, we just have to we just have to deal with it. Like her right now, she's coming up. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to pick her up and turn her around so that that way. She forgets I'm here and then hopefully goes and does something else. <laughs> it's funny because, like, I listen to a lot of comedians who talk about, like, cats and dogs and stuff like that and the similarities and differences, right? And one of my favorite jokes was, like, uh, what I love about cats is they're always going to come up to you and they're going to be like, hey, how was your day? Actually, hold that. I don't care. And then yeah. just, like, walk off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you can get uh, – if they, they will ask for what they need which is usually food or some quick attention. And then they'll be like, all right, bye. Whereas a dog will be like, let me, let me enjoy this life. Let, let me enjoy this life with you. I'm going to sit next to you. I'm going to enjoy this. Come on. Like let's, let's rock and roll you and me. Uh, not, not a cat. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so listen, man, like we had such a great time, like having a conversation uh, on our first interview for now engineering. And I wanted to bring you back because we keep running into each other. Yeah. All the time at different places. Now. Yeah, no, we're working. We're working the territory now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was like, hey, I was like, of course I'm going to bring Eel and Eel back on the show. I love talking to you and just having great conversations and stuff. And it's like, 
there is there's so much that goes into not just like your character side of things but into like just like everything that you're putting into and so it's like how do you pick a brain of somebody and just keep asking those questions to develop you as as a worker as well and one question i've been thinking about and now that i'm in my third year is like if i went to someone and they asked me like one obviously like who trained you that's gonna be the number one question everybody's gonna ask you and then two like how long have you been working so for me now it's my third year and i like you know the one thing i want to always wonder about is like what do people expect when they hear that right like what you've been in for three years well you should be able to do xyz or this is what you should have or you know kind of whatever uh so like for me the like it's different right so like i started i started this journey kind of eight years ago almost like coming up on nine and uh, i started in the sort of like i started in the sticks like the boonies where like there's only one or two places to wrestle one second i'm gonna i'm gonna sneeze oh never mind it's gone uh, was, I, was, <laughs> I was wrestling in kind of the boonies so it's like uh there's there's not that many places to go not many places to travel um but then i started i like I, I got under kind of a new learning tree and i started going around figuring out new places to to work and uh, that's when kind of the light, the like, it kind of turned on for me. Um, for especially for folks like us who like our main, uh, like our main kind of ability to wrestle, kind of and hit like it, it like it, it, hin it hinges on our ability to travel. Like we gotta travel. Like there's no like oh next door. Like all those cats in Boston who you like see on Beyond every single week or wrestling open every week or like work like that Beyond limitless, uh, chaotic, uh, like that like that kind of that kind of lane. They they only have to travel as far as maybe as far up as New Hampshire for them and as low down as New York for them. So like three hours each way, right? Whereas for me uh they when i like do a booking at let's say i like i, I get on, me and jordan get on a beyond show or i get on heavy lies the crown i gotta drive six hours to get there and then i have to drive six hours back so like the matches really hinge on me being like oh i need this to be a good match i need this to feel special i need this to be like this like it can't just be some kind of like throw away oh man nobody cares which i, I kind of feel like sometimes they can feel like the folks in uh in uh in like new england like in worcester they can feel because like they uh they really connected to us really really well uh they're like they're there they're there for the love um but like in your like second, third year, I always tell folks like just go to go to places, really like put your name in a hat, go to places. Uh, I, this is gonna be a uh, this is gonna be like a controversial take. Uh, I tell I always tell folks um, if it's more than an hour away from you, don't work ring crew. Like if it's more than an hour two two hours away from you, don't work ring crew at a show um, because usually the folks who get picked up from ring crew who it's like oh hey like they they do ring crew for us like we're gonna put them on we're gonna put them on like you know that pre-show match we're gonna put them on that like that scramble or whatever usually those guys are, are are the local guys they're like super close hey we know these guys 
They're, they're super close. They're ready. I can call them at the drop of a hat. If you're driving three hours, it takes you three hours to do that. If every single time you go up there, it takes you three hours, like it's a six hour drive in total to get back. It's just not worth your, it's not worth your money or time. Like, like go get the reps where you can get your name out, get like a highlight reel of good stuff, get a good, a couple of good matches under you that you can send people and then say, Hey, I want to get like, I'm sure you saw me do ring crew once at your place. This is the stuff that I have out right now. Hey, can you, you know, can you, can you take a look at me? Um, there's a lot of ways to get booked. Um, and I found that the, the way that has worked least for me um, has been, oh, hey, I, um, I worked, I randomly worked ring crew at this place and now I'm on. Usually it's, friend of a friend can vouch for me or hey i submitted really politely hey this is these are my good matches this is the stuff that i have and you know th this is kind of what i want to do that's how i got on as opposed to oh yeah i you know i worked ring crew there 20 times first did first did first uh wrestling under eric cannon uh i i uh i did ring crew bunch just because my girlfriend was on their shows and just came to help, like didn't expect pay, just wanted to hang out, drink beer and, 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 you know, and have fun. And eventually he was like, Hey, do you want to wrestle today? And I was like, yeah, most definitely. He was like, yeah, you help all the time. Like I thought, I, I thought I might as well give you something. Um, and, and that we have a, we have a great working relationship, but that's like, that's Canon's that kind of vet. And a lot of a lot of folks, unfortunately, in this business, aren't those kind of veterans where they'll say, "Yeah, hey, that reciprocity is like kind of part of my my business model." So, um, along with that, clear up who you are and what you do. Like, get out there, let let your let your feel and your vibe. Like, it doesn't have to be one hundred percent. Like, you know, you don't have to be. Hey, I'm Jinko, the, the dancing clown. So like I come out and, you know, you know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to blow the balloons and throw the confetti and that's going to be my whole thing. Like, but let them know, hey, healer face, is this going to be a high flyer? Is this going to be a grounded guy? Is he tough? Is he mean? Is he happy? Is he fun? Like, uh, like who you are, let that be your real focus in matches. And then in your ring work too, just like, clearly don't try to do everything because honestly even at the highest levels of this what happens is the guys who do everything get whittled down anyway hey i i do a hundred flips and a hundred dives and a hundred bumps and then you know they chip away at it and they turn that big block of stuff into a very particular sculpture so just give them a sculpture already hey this is what this is what this character looks like this is what i do this is the stuff that i do from in rain to to my logo, to the way that I do promos, to my humor, to like let who you are be your main focus. First year, second year, I always tell folks, focus on the basics, get your roles, get your bumps, get match structure right. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't, don't let the first thing that comes out of your mouth be, oh, my finisher is going to be this. Like figure out how to wrestle. That's what you're there for. And then when you figure out how to wrestle, figure out how you wrestle. I like that. See, like the one thing, like when I was at EWA, like you and I were working at the, um, we were working in Harvard Grace and yeah. it was like, it was me and it was Seth Coleman and we were working a match together and we were trying to figure everything out. And I'll ask, like, I just went ahead and just asked, uh, Hey, what's the finish? What's, what do you got planned? He was like, Oh, well you're going over, you know, but we want you to go over with some kind of shenanigans. It's like, 
cool. So now we know what we're looking at. And I remember like just looking at Seth, I was like, and I asked the same question, you know, I was like, yo, how long have you been doing this? Cause I was just kind of curious. He's like, I've been in two years. I was like, cool. What if we just kept this match super simple? Cause everybody else is going to do like some really crazy complex shit. And he was like, what would you have in mind? And I was like, yo. And then we went through the match, like just the opening into like everything right into the heat and stuff like that. And then I was like, yo, then we'll just flip it. We'll get you hot. And then we'll get you distracted somehow with the ref. And then or we'll get the ref distracted. And then we'll just go into the finish. And he was like, okay. Yeah. And I think our match was super simple. It was like five minutes long. It was a little like hiccup into it because like right before we went out, like Chaz was like, hey, uh, how are we going to distract the ref if there's a ref bump? And I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. Maybe like you just jump on the rope and like just get the ref's attention and he'll just walk over and then I can just, we'll figure out from there. And he was like, okay, cool. And like, that's just what ended up happening. And it was cool that we were able to just like work this match and then just keep that. It's just so simple because I was like, I don't want to be like, Hey, we're going to hit like this crazy, like flip and we're going to hit this, we're going to hit that. And he was like, well, I can do a run. I was like, cool. We'll throw that in there somewhere. And we did, but I was just like, why why do we have to make it so difficult i was like let's just work on character work because i promise and i told him i was like i promise you more people are going to remember the character side of things than they are going to remember like this whole like everybody else's matches and stuff like yes. that yes uh the, unless your match is like hey this match is fully about how good of wrestlers we are like we like what we're doing is hey this is really man all every single piece of this is look how great all of these wrestlers are like look how like look how good the ring work is half the time the shenanigans the the jokes the bits or like the interesting interesting stuff is the stuff that they they pull away from it simple match structure and then hey because i'll tell you i've been at shows where everybody did cutters everybody did big bumps everybody did chops everybody did um uh Everybody did, you know, you like like a like a fifty fifty uh 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 Tokyo Tokyo. Spot. yeah. And then eventually somebody did like a really funny joke spot, and that was the thing that got over, and that was the thing that got everybody that got everybody psyched up. And I was like, Yeah, that makes sense because everybody did the same thing. Um and then eventually you you said, Hey, here's the thing that you need to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Matches, uh, this is another thing that Booker say, and it annoys me. They're always like, hey, um, you know, pay attention to pay attention to, to, the, to, to the matches and the cards because you don't want to be doing the same stuff. And it's like that lacks that that's them lacking direction. Really, what they should be saying is, hey, we want this match like this. I want this match to have this feel. I want this match to have that feel. I want this match to have that feel. I want this match to have that feel. They should be saying that to the wrestlers because then once once we all get out there, we know, okay, so my job tonight is to do X. My job tonight is to do Y. My job tonight is to do Z. So that way we don't end up with, oh, man, everybody did this hot cutter spot that they, you know, that's the the Twitter du jour, you know, Twitter gif of the day. Or everybody did this, you know, this 1985 spot that uh, somebody somebody who's like – who has like an old Twitter account, you know, like an old timey wrestling Twitter account showed and everybody was like, Oh man, that's so hot. Like, it's so unique. Like, uh, it's on, like, it really is sometimes like it's on wrestlers sometimes. Cause sometimes wrestlers do go like, okay, so I'm just going to do 
that I'm just gonna I've trained with all these guys, so I'm just gonna do the same stuff. Um, and that's fine. Uh, but half the time, wrestlers like when I'm calling a match, I can't go through and go, Oh man, let me watch. There's eight matches, eight other matches on the card. Let me watch every single one of those eight matches and make sure I don't do any of the same stuff in there. Like it's nigh impossible because one, this is kind of a limiting, this is a, like wrestling, wrestling only has, there's only certain things that we can do inside of wrestling rings, but also like, I, I have to pay attention to what me and my opponent are going to do. Um, but if like at Flying V, when, when we have the matches out, we write out kind of what we want from the card. From what what we want from the match in the card, so that they can see, oh, these are my parameters. When you give folks parameters, it uh, it 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 should be constraining, but it's more freeing because then they can go, okay, so I can stay away from this, which means that we can explore all the options here, as opposed to, wow, I have this big, you know, I have this big litany of stuff that we can do. Now let's get. Now we're all suffering from choice paralysis because we don't know what we want to do, and then we make the the safe. Then we all make the same safe choice. Uh, it's it's hard. It, like making sure because simple is better. Simple has always been better. I don't. I like. Uh, I know that a lot of people think that like, oh, I need more stuff. I need more stuff. I need more stuff. I need more stuff. And like, sure, but um, I think we've trained a lot of audiences to expect stuff in matches as opposed to expecting really great stories in matches. This is my, you know, this is my whole spiel. And unfortunately that does us a detriment because it means that every single time we wrestle, we have to, you know, we have to have a match that looks like a pay-per-view caliber match every single time we go out there as opposed to going, okay, so like, Hey, bet th- today we're just hitting the highlights. We're doing X, we're doing Y, we're doing Z, and we're making it look good and clean so that people can see this is what this guy does, this is what this guy does, and there's seven minutes of it. Like, that's a great, that's a great spot to be in because, like, hey, we just got, we just got to show the highlights. We just got to be a human highlight reel. Like, don't we don't have to speed through it, but we only have to do the stuff that we're like, hey, I know this is hot. I know this is hot. I know this works. I know that works. I know this is cool. I know that's cool. Like, you don't have to fill it up with, oh, okay, so we got to go do, take this wild bump. We got to do this wild bump. We got to make sure we get this shenanigan spot in. Like, simple, simple, easy. It's way better. Yeah, no, I like it. I like, and I, I just love doing matches that are simple. Like, I know, like, uh, it was like when I first started off, uh, I had someone do like agent a match for me, right? It was just yeah. a practice match and thank God it will never see the light of day because we weren't <laughs> recording. But yeah. like, it was one of those matches where like anything that could have gone wrong in that, in that sequence went yeah. wrong. And I was like, yo, this sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to remember like, Hey, when we jump up to this one spot right here, we're going to hit this move and then you're going to pop back up and no sell it. And then I'm going to hit you with this move and you're going to hit me with this move. And then we're going to go to the, we're going to go for the pin and you'll kick out at one. And it's like, that's a, so much to remember. It's like, yo, this is what I want to do. This is what's going to happen. And this is what we should do. And as like A to A, B, Z, A, B, C always gets like everything accomplished to me yeah. as far as simplicity goes, especially for someone that's like in like me, right? Like, like being three years in. Now there are those people who are, hey, you can call home match one time and they're going to remember everything that you called and they'll be able to recite it to you out there when you're like, when you get lost. Yeah. I was like, but I was like, 
I don't know. I find it for me, like, I'm just always, like, picking up new things and learning and stuff like that, hearing people call stuff, right? And then it's like, all right, now that I'm, like, able to listen, the one thing I definitely try to focus on while I'm in, like, in a ring now is just, like, doing character work yeah. and just, like, focus on, like, the things I, the things that Red Dog would do, right? Like, as far as, like, maybe being jokey, kind of laughing, or if he's on the heel side, just being a dick, right? And just, yeah. you know, kicking people, kicking the shit out of people. But it's always, like, it's tough though because sometimes what happens is you just lose you kind of forget the parts of the match that you're supposed to remember and you just kind of get lost and then you realize you have to not not just slow down but really take it step by step so that you can get everything together because you're trying to do so much with there's so much always happening right you're like interact with the crowd get your character work over remember this part of the match do this part right and it's yeah we got to make sure that but that so to me that's why having uh the setups for these matches be more simple than like, oh man, like let's make sure this is the most complex thing in the world. Makes sense. Cause like I can make it different if I do, if I, if I'm me, if you're, if you're red dog and you're doing red dog stuff specifically when it comes to like character work and presentation, like drop down leapfrog, like hip, like drop down leapfrog, like hip toss is going to look different from red dog than it does from, from an Elo Neal. And that's good. But the, it's still the same thing. But if I put it somewhere else in a match, like it doesn't transform into this. Oh man, it's just so repetitive. Like it's all the same stuff. Like people, bookers, bookers who watch wrestling and who watch nonstop matches and stuff like that, they're the ones who always get into that whole idea of like, oh man, like it's the same stuff over and over again. But like they also book the same type of guys against the same type of guys and are always confused why like. Oh, why are we getting the same result from each and every single match we have? It's like, well, you 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 mix vanilla chocolate and strawberry, like you got Neapolitan. It doesn't matter what order it comes in, like like that's what happens. But when you take those peanut butters and you take those rocky roads, but it's still ice cream, um, like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of magic there. Uh, I uh, I always try to make sure that the beat beat to beat stuff makes sense like the betweens are the things that make sense just because uh that's where i get lost when i get in a match and I'm, we're doing something we're running we're running we're jumping we're diving we're, we're dipping we're dodging and then like we're supposed to do this cockamamie thing that doesn't fit at all in the thing but the guy was like hey like it's really cool so we should just try to do it um that's usually where i'm like Okay, so what's next? Like, where are we? Where, where I'm like, I'm lost. What's next? And then it'll be that, that the crazy spot. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, there we go. Like, that's, that's, that's typically if I do get lost, that's where I'll get lost is, oh, it was something that's absolutely ridiculous, something that doesn't even fit inside of what we want to do. But for some reason, we're doing it. So like, hey, you know, we're, were I'm I'm dropping down I'm doing a leapfrog and then oh for some reason the ref goes outside and I'm supposed to dive on the ref it's like I I don't know why I do that but okay uh I guess it's like no trust me it'll be really hot the the whole crowd will go will pop for it it's like yeah but it's like random and doesn't make sense for the concept of wrestling matches it's like well it doesn't matter um but there's I mean like there's also there's also a real there's a real beauty in simplicity. I think that when you have like uh, that, when you have like, 
some of the best matches that I've seen have been like not not all oh wow it's so crazy with the stuff that they're doing but just like the fever pitches uh I mean like people people always uh at, like in the goons we always uh we always joke about like people who like talk about how much better uh Japanese wrestling is than than American wrestling, um, just because because it's different because it's different and we always go like this person he must be watching a lot of New Japan pro wrestling and it's like uh, but they do do this really great thing where they start matches slow and they work to fever pitches like truthfully getting people to the to the point where they're like get, like the the whatever the outcome is like. If the if like I want my intended outcome to happen, I want this guy to win. I want the good guy to win. I want the good guy to win. And if the good guy wins, they go crazy. And if the good guy loses, they go nuts. But like either way, there's not apathy there. They make people care about the small stuff. So then when they do something that's absolutely outlandish or crazy or like something that's really really big, it like people people go nuts for it. It's like uh what's his, it's like Okada. Okada's whole move set is basic American is basic American wrestling moves. Like the entire moveset, it's drop kick, pancake, uh, uh, like duck two back elbow, uh, clothesline, drop kicks. Uh, there's a tombstone in there, um, but like none of it is like cockamamie. Like hey, like hey, ooh, ooh, grab you, boom, drop you down. It's none of it's none of it's anything crazy. Um, it's all the stuff that you learn day one. The only difference is. His presentation is such that, like, it's so big and so special when he hits those moves, and people sell them and treat them like they're special. That they're special, you know. It's the, uh, but again, those are like that's him. He's he's doing a, a, a an Okada drop kick is different than a, than an Eel O'Neill drop kick. It's much better. Uh, my drop kicks suck, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they, but like they're they but they matter, right? Like. It's even people who have great drop kicks, like uh, who who's who's it has a great drop kick? Uh, Randy Orton. Matt, uh, Randy Orton, Matt Card- Cardona has a great one too. Um, ha- they uh, their drop kicks are great drop kicks, but it's not an Okada drop kick. Like, and at the end of the day, like those are those things are are special. Even in football, we we see receivers run routes all the time. We see receivers make catches all the time. Like we don't have to do anything. Cra- we don't have to do anything crazy. Sorry, my cat just freaked out on me. Uh, we <laughs> crazy. We just the only thing that we have to do is make make the catches and make the route special. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And it's it's funny because like for me, even when I like started building up my move set, um, I I literally just picked out like five moves that I feel like I can hit well, and like I just made those like that's it. Like so when people like ask me, and I can tell people here not a big deal it's low-key just like a german suplex right uh, northern lights uh a spine buster uh see a drop kick or an enzy right depending on where i'm where i'm feeling it yeah and then like every once in a while when i'm feeling special i'll throw a run out there right like that i don't i don't really need i don't really need to do a whole lot and i tell me that all the time i was like because like you could put those five moves anywhere in a match yeah and it it just it's gonna work also my uh the miz ddt i legit call it that because it's you know dudes are on the ground i hit the ddt but those those moves are like that's it like i don't really want to do like and i and it's not that i don't want to it's just i don't really see a, nece- a need for it as far as the character where it goes for like red dog like yes i could do a moonsault yes i could do 
you know, I could do moonsaults, whether I'm on the top rope, the middle rope, or on the ground, or I could do like a 450 splash. But it really doesn't mean anything because like everybody does it. So I was like, if I take the if I take my moves that I like hitting and I change them up, then it looks and like you said, it's all about the presentation side, right? Like I love Arn Anderson's uh, spine buster, right? I love watching uh, Ron Simmons throw a spine buster. My spine buster is kind of like a mix between the two, right? Where we go up, but I'm going to hold one on the back and one on the leg and I sweep the other leg out because one, I don't want people to put their leg down because they, I feel like people do that all the time, try to catch themselves. Yes. And two, we're, it just looks more devastating when I drive people down to the ground. And I think about that stuff all the time where it's like, how, how can I make it look different? So that in particular is one of them. I just, I don't know. It's for me, it's just, it's a lot of fun to be able to, to play around and like make things your own, like you're saying. It's uh, there's there's a sheet going around um, that I believe uh, originated in the Chikara uh, in the kind of Chikara locker room um, where they uh, they went through and they listed like their moves and how they do their moves to who how they like to whom how they do them. And and that's super, super helpful in my brain for the way that people do things, just because if you set that stuff up that way, hey, my my uh, match is ending with this, so I'm going to be working these moves this way in order to tell this story. Um, eventually, it like your stuff looks like it. It looks like it belongs to you, and it looks like it's seamless. When people just randomly like, hey, I just randomly set up for this random move. I just randomly, oh, I just randomly do it. They know I do it. So I just, so I just randomly set up for it. It's like, okay, but like, why would this be the point in the match where you'd be like, okay, I need to, I need to do it. You know what I mean? And eventually what happens or what I find happens is eventually folks who, who that's their mindset, right? Oh, I just do cool stuff. I just do cool stuff. So that's just, that's all I do. I just do cool stuff. Eventually they start to, they become like this flat kind of flash in the pan. People don't, people stop being invested in them because it stops being about, Oh, Hey, this guy does this for a reason. And this is what, what's so special about it. And it just starts being like, Oh, I just do cool stuff. I do cool stuff. So, so, so people like me, I do cool. But there are a lot of wrestlers who do cool stuff, right? There are a lot of wrestlers. There are a lot of wrestlers in, in new Japan who do, a lot of stuff that is more impressive physically than than Kazuchika Okada. I, I name him because I think that he's the best wrestler in the world. Like no matter no matter what people say to me, I think that Okada is the best wrestler in the world. He's absolutely incredible. Um, there are a lot of people who do physically more impressive stuff than him. Oh, the uh, juniors, you know, juniors who do crazy dives, juniors who do crazy moves, uh, heavyweights who do crazy moves, who do insane things. Some of the Joshi wrestlers from stardom who do absolutely nuts things. The reason why Okada is the best wrestler is because of his presence, right? He expressly is like, I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest, baddest guy in the world. This is who I am. I'm, I'm the man and nobody else is going to stop me. I'm the man. This is what I do. And I don't have to do fancy stuff because my presence is that's what that's what you're here for. You're here to watch me be the rainmaker. And I uh, I get really frustrated when I hear folks talk about, oh, they don't want they want to see, you know, they want to see absolute like they want five minute matches that are full sprints for every single 
for every single match of the card, or they want every single match to be a, uh, they want every single match to be a, 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 a scramble. They want every single match to be, you know, a six-man tag, or they want every single match to be this multi-man Fakakta uh, mess. And the reason why I get frustrated by it is because that doesn't let people shine. And it doesn't let people delineate who they are. You know what I mean? It doesn't allow people to say, hey, I'm like this, and you're like that. And the reason why we're wrestling is because we have we have different styles. Like, one of the things that's so great about teams that have – like teams that the football again the football metaphor teams that have like a team that has really great a really great offense like a five star offense and then a team that has like a a, a a nobody's moving you know nobody's moving the chains defense is when we get those breakaways when we have this battle that's these small chips because then when finally hey look they're running the ball and they're getting two yards here they're getting three yards here they're getting four yards here finally first down they're getting two yards here they're getting four yards here they get five yards here finally first down and then eventually somebody does hey somebody slips up oh my god boom 40 yard pass those 40 yard passes feel so special you know what i mean they change the way that the, they change the, the momentum of the game for the fan base. They change everything for, for kind of, for all of these folks. So, so for, for the viewer. So it's like in the, in the wrestling world, uh, there's really only a couple of things that you can do in like in, in, in an octagon, right? Like you, you got punch, you got kick, you got punch, you got kick, you got wrestle and you got, uh, you got holes. You know what I mean? You got, you got, you got, you have, you have submissions. You have, you know, you have your ankle locks. You have your 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 heel hooks. You know, you have your americanas. You have your arm bars, whatever. And there's different variations on them. But still, at the end of the day, they all look pretty similar. The thing that makes them so special is not that, like, oh wow, you're doing something that nobody's ever seen before. Because, like, honestly, that's not really what you're looking for when you're watching when you're watching the UFC, when you're watching Bellator, when you're watching one. What you're looking for is how that stuff comes to play. This person's long legs versus this person's long arms, this person's grappling game versus this person's stand-up game. And the way that those all piece together are the things that make those fights interesting as opposed to, oh, wow, he did a, a, a combination of yoga and, you know, and slamming that I've never seen before. Because like, honestly, that can only get it be interesting. So we can only, we're only going to be able to create so many moves after a point. Like, truthfully, there's only a couple of ways that we can slam each other before we all go, okay, like, bring out the tables, bring out the glass, bring out the gun. We're going to have to start shooting each other. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it, you're right. And the, and the crazy thing is, is like, the, the one thing I love is, like, about, like, and we can talk about mixed martial arts because that's, that's my fandom, too. It's oh, like, yes, you start seeing, like, the creativity, like, start to spread, right? And then it becomes like effective creativity. Then it just becomes like the norm. I'm pretty sure like back in wrestling, right? When wrestling first really got started in, in the carnival, right? Like the wrist lock was like this brand new technique, right? And if you look at like the world of MMA, right? We keep seeing people come up with something, some kind of way to strike, right? Yeah. One in particular is the oblique kick, right? Like yeah. everybody, it was such a rare thing to see happen back in like 2005, 2006, and then it started to become like a popular thing. People were hitting like 2012, 2013. Now, what a lot of people, well, back in like 2011, there's only like one or two guys who were really utilizing calf kicks. And now you're starting to see guys 
use calf kicks continuously. In fact, if we look at the last fight, Israel Adesanya was yeah. utilizing calf kicks was, like crazy. Yes, that was the that was the whole thing was to make sure, yeah, uh, was was to make sure Pereira didn't uh, like didn't like didn't like set up. Like he had to stay. He beats him on range. So had to stay, had to, had to keep checking him so that he didn't get confident in, okay, like let's start throwing, which absolutely, I mean, great, great strategy. It obviously worked. Also, it's another, uh, it's another aspect in, uh, in storytelling where it's like uh, bells and rules matter, right? Because Izzy had a very similar knockout, a uh, very similar knockdown uh in this fight that that he had for last fight too but the bell but 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 uh Pereira got saved by the bell uh and like in my in my mind right like hey boom 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 we're working like if, if we're because because like I, I i am i'm a, I'm a big mark for like for like rules and like rule sets for matches and sometimes people don't dig that because it make it because it makes them think but i think that like if I'm doing like a three, if I'm doing like a, a a three rounds match, right? Like I'm doing like British rounds, and we get into the second, and like he's been working my arm, so he gets me in a sub in the first round, and it looks like I'm about to tap and ding. There's the bell, and then the second round, hey, I can't defend with my arm, but I'm not letting him get the, um, but I'm not letting him get the the submission. So he starts standing up with me, and then finally he hits me with a big suplex, and then one, two, ding! Hey, that's the round. Oh no! And then in the in the uh, in the third round, hey, boom, boom, boom! I do something dirty, foot, boom! Hey, one, two, three! I get my point and I win. They go, he beat you twice. Like the audience goes, he beat you twice. We know he beat you twice. We know he beat you twice. Like they'll boo, they'll boo me out of the building. They won't be apathetic. They won't be like, oh wow, the bad guy just lo- the bad guy won. Like okay, like yeah, this is whatever. They'll be like, hey, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. You use the rule. He skirted by on the rules, and that's so frustrating because that's a real sports. That's that's a real sports feeling. Is like. Man, if they would just had, if they just would have had four more seconds on that clock, they would have gotten, they would have gotten that point. Well, they- you bring up like a really good point, and I, I definitely, I love this aspect of like, because this is something I do want to get into is like storytelling and like yeah. how to, how to work more into storytelling. But this is something I, and I love that you brought this example up because we could talk about this, right? Shell Sonnen was fighting Anderson Silva, right? Yeah. It was the first time that he met, right? And Shell Sonnen said that he felt like he was winning. The fight in the first four rounds but in the fifth round he got caught in the triangle choke right and it was the triangle choke where he thought he was going to defend by sitting up and eventually he sat up he got tightened down and he tapped out right and uh he said in an interview which was the craziest thing that anybody's ever said but it was funny how he spun the story right was that he thought because he tapped out in the, f- the fifth round that he only lost that round that he had won the first four and he thought that that fifth round was going to be his, that, that he still won the fight. Yeah. And it's like an interesting perspective in like storytelling, but it's something that I've, <laughs> I've been trying to get better on and try to learn and understand. Right. And I asked, I asked people a few months ago, like I just started asking random people like, Hey, what are two things that you think you could work on? And one thing that kind of repetitively always got brought up was uh, storytelling. Yeah. And like, that's something that I'm just like still trying to comprehend and understand. So like, 
what's your philosophy on like storytelling and like how do you like how do you implement like what you're trying to get accomplished like how do you do stories like i'm just curious unless so unless they're big shows i try to keep your storytelling in in ring right you want everything that you do inside of the ring or or you know like inside of the barrier to be stuff that people go Oh, okay. So, so this makes sense. Bad guy did this, and that's how he got over. A good guy did this, that's how he got over. Um, now, when it goes to like big shows, it's like a long string of storytelling. Sometimes, what you want to do is like, uh, is like take something from the first match, right? So, like, let's say, hey, heel goes up the first match. Take something from the first match and be like. Okay, so this is pretty this is pretty simple. Something, 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 ref gets distracted, brass knuckles. Okay. Some uh in the second match, okay, same setup. We're doing that, we're we're doing this match. You guys moved your spots around and you're doing some new stuff. Something, 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 something. You grab the brass knuckles, but this time, hey, boom, ref sees you, disqualification. It's fun because the good guy wins, but heels mad because the good guy didn't beat me. I got beat by the rules, right? I got beat by the rules. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna do. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do a no rules match, and this is number three. So this is for all the marbles, baby. This is for the this is for the championship. So now we do something, 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 something. I go through this. You go through that. You hit me with this. You hit me with that. And then at the end, bad guy has the brass knuckles again. This time he's allowed to hit him. Uh-oh. Bam. Low blow or whatever from the good guy. Uh, hey, a nice little F you to the, uh, a nice little F you to the, to the bad guy. And then good guy has the brass knuckles. Good guy looks around the crowd. The, the crowd's rabid at this point. Yeah, you're right. He is a cheater. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. So the, that, so the good guy doesn't look like a bad guy. And then, bam, hey, one, two, three, good guy up. The reason why you don't give them the full satisfaction of, like, the good guy pinning the bad guy is because the aspects of this story that most are important is that one when we make when we take like a prop when we take like this is with this is with theater too theater movies anything when you, when you show people an item that item has to be used and has to be thematically important every time right so like so like don't so it can't be a throwaway thing it can't be a throw one one of the things that's one, been one of the most consistent ones in the history of wrestling because of triple h and how much care he has for his own character is the sledgehammer other people don't use the sledgehammer triple h uses the sledgehammer and triple h can get screwed over by using the sledgehammer like he can oh hey he does it he tries to do it he misses somebody hits him with something somebody hits him with it whatever um but it's super important when he brings it out. People, he brings it out. People go, "Oh my God, it's time!" It's so important to make sure that our narrative threads. Uh, now I'm getting into like screenwriting ideas. Uh, that that our that our narrative threads through stories are so so important. If somebody lost to a move, that's important. So if I hit you with my finisher, boom, hey, I hit you with the with the hanging uh, with the hanging DDT or whatever, and I won two three. 
And in the second match, we do a whole setup. And I'm trying to get that hanging DDT. And I'm trying to get that hanging DDT. And I'm trying to hit, get that hanging DDT. And I don't get it. And you hit me with your move. And then I win. Uh, and then you win. Sorry. Um, we've, we've just established that our finishers are, are killer. Right, our finishers are killer. We have t- we have told that story in the, in these two matches. Hey, if he hits him with this, it's over. If you hit me with that, it's over. And now in this third match, we have a choice: do we make it about hey, are we going to hit this finisher, or do we do like the indie thing, which which has become like a which has become a thing where hey, you hit me with your finisher, I kick out. I hit you with my finisher, uh, you kick out. And then we got to go like to the top rope and do like a super version of our finisher or something like that. If that's the way it goes, fine. But you have to decide what you want to do and how that affects the storytelling. Like it's very important. Um, one, like that's one of the reasons why I don't really love spam a lot of moves matches because a lot of times like people always defend them by saying like, Hey man, people just want to see, see cool moves. And I get that, but there's no reason why it can't be okay. So like I hit the DDT. So like we're doing cool moves, but all my moves focus on your neck. And then you hit like a backbreaker or something like that. And all of your moves, all the cool moves that you've been hitting me with involve your back. So then finally, sorry, involve, involve you hitting them on my back. So then finally, when we're when we're at the end of the match and my neck is fucking throbbing, your back is uh, sorry, my back is throbbing and your neck's throbbing. And finally, one of us slips up. Bam. Hey, I try to pick you up. Oh, no. It's uh, like it slipped. Oh, because my back's messed up. Then you hit me with with, you know, with a tombstone pile driver or whatever on my neck. Oh, hey, there it goes. That's yeah. Or uh, sorry, you hit me with a power bomb right under my back or super backbreaker. Boom. Onto my back. And then they go, oh, okay. So the reason why all of that worked and why he couldn't hit his finisher was because, hey, his back's so screwed up. It's really easy. Like, um, I just, I think it takes a lot of, I think it takes a lot of care. And I think that one of the problems that we have in this industry is that because a lot of it is, hey, I'm driving to the next thing, 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 is that people don't really want to put effort into the present and like just take a few steps hey does this make sense does this go into this go into this go into this as opposed to just being like hey that's how i practice it that's what the setup is so that's what i'm gonna do like sometimes breaking up your stuff is better than just going through a string of offense and then getting cut off by like oh wow the you know the uh the 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 heel hot shot at me on the ropes like you've been hitting him with everything. A hot shot is a small thing. Like you gotta, you're gonna have to hit him with something a little bit more, but like you're, you gotta get hit with something more. You gotta, if you take your offense seriously, I, uh, I always, this is what I tell all the, this is what I tell all the, the kids at, at the school at EWA. I always tell them that if you take your offense seriously as a heel specifically, because I think heels kind of dictate pace more so than baby faces. And I think that it's up to heels to when they, or when they're, Get when the baby faces call him like, I hit you with this, and then I hit you with this, and then I hit you with that, and then I hit you with this, and then I hit you with that, and then I hit you with this, and then finally, you know, you trip me and I slip and I hit my face, and now you take over and you you kick my ass for five minutes. Um, to say, okay, so so slow, so slow, slow up, because if you hit me with all that stuff and you're not getting a pin off of it, that means your your offense is the weakest offense in the world. 
And then during my heat, if I'm if my whole heat is power bomb, power bomb, gut run suplex, power bomb, power bomb, gut run suplex, throw you to the outside, bump you on the outside, throw you back in, another power bomb, another power bomb, and I don't get a pin off of it, then my moves don't matter either. Like like we're 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 negating everybody's stuff. We're negating what this is, which is it's simulated combat. And honestly, you see people all the time in like like in in judo or in uh, in Greco-Roman wrestling, like in amateur wrestling, like I, I watched a video of somebody, somebody, somebody like walked off mat from a snap down. Like somebody just, hey, like, well, boom, boom. Both of them got collar and elbow and homeboy said, wham, snap down. Guy hit full face, full body, knocked all the air out of him. And then he just basically, they stopped match. He walked, he stood up, he shook the guy's hand and he walked off because that hurt that bad. So it's like if something that slight can hurt, then maybe pace out your moves just a little bit. I'm not saying everything has to be slow motion, 19, you know, 1950s. Hey, we lock up like it's all wrist lock and then wrist lock reversal and then, you know, hammer lock and the hammer lock reversal. But just like take take some care because in the real world, like in real combat, small stuff knocks people out all the time. So like. If you're if if it's a string of you hitting all your big stuff, well, guess what, bud? Like you must have the weakest you must have the weakest suplex in the world. Gravity must not work on this guy, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy though, because like when I think about like like even for me, like I'm putting my moves when I put my moves set together and things yeah. like that. Like I have to think about like the little things too, right? Like attacking and like defending right and then also like you have to take into consideration like the other person and like their moveset too especially because like you said this is this is uh scripted combat right and like while we're we're trying to figure this stuff out like i hear a lot of people talk about like hey there's like i i think someone told me there's like five different stories that you can tell in a ring right like david and goliath is like obviously one of them right where it's like oh yeah you have the biggest guy versus the little guy and they're always like competing you have like the hungry guys, like the two hungry wolves. Usually it's one face, one heel, or it's, you know, or it's like two faces, you know, trying to battle to get to the top. And then like from there, I forget, there's like other various stories that you can tell. But it's like when you're working with somebody else and you're trying to figure out how to tell this story and things like that, it was, I think that's where like a lot of people were trying to like figure out with me was like, all right, well, if you have a finisher, what's your finisher? And at that point, I tell people like, well, I like hitting people with the big ending, you know, from Big E. Um, like, all right, so what's your moveset? And I'm, like, thinking about, like, well, I like hitting, like, Germans and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, but how does that work to help you set up this finisher, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, if you're taking a lot of core damage, like, at the end of the day, like, that's where the story is really going to be told. Is that yeah. you're just – everybody knows. Like, if you get hit in the liver, that's it. Like, yeah. you're yeah. probably going to be done. I have a, I had a friend. Um, he was fighting for uh, Victory Cage Fighting. Um, I think that's right. VCW out of uh, Missouri. He took a liver shot and he said he was just peeing blood like for a week. Like it's not fun, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so I got to start thinking about how, like, do I just keep attacking at the core? Do I, you know, obviously in the kind of distract with like other parts. So I set it up kind of like how like a, a Muay Thai fighter or like a mixed martial arts guy would set up like their favorite fin or their favorite move, right? Whether it's, yeah. I like doing an ankle pick or I like doing an arm bar. Like, so it's like, how do you you know that's where i'm at right now where it's like i want to put these stories together i know what my finisher is and then i 
I want to know somebody else's finishes so that way we could tell these like cool stories. But it's, I know it's weird to kind of like talk about because it's also like very complex. And you guys are probably like, what the fuck is he talking about? And Eel gets it, but I don't. <laughs> so, so like if we like if we do the if we do like the Brock Lesnar, right? Because because Brock Brock uses Germans a lot, but Brock's finisher doesn't have anything like again like you're saying core damage, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just like. Um, like think of it like, uh, like a meter, like a like a like a like a power meter, like like in like in uh, Mortal Kombat, like in a like in Street Fighter. Um, like there's a, s- a certain amount of damage that we can that we can take until it's all over. Because a lot of like a lot, especially because we've popularized the finisher ending, right? Like the oh hey, I hit a big slam, and then that's then that's the end of the then that's the end of the that's the end of the dance. Um, as opposed to being like anything can end it, right? Like, hey, you get you get into a wrist lock the wrong way and you're like, oh shit, ah hey. Or you get into a in a to a headlock the right way and you can't get out and you're like, oh you know what? Hey, that's it. Uh or you know you you get into the you got into the right you get in the right bear hug and it's like, Oh, well, I can't breathe. So I pass out. We like the repetitive, like, Oh, Hey, this is, this is how I do it. This is how I do it. This is how I end it. This is how I end it. So that we can tell that story of, Hey, you get, you set it up and you get, you get it over with. Like you set it up. I get out of it. I set it up. You get out of it. Um, But then you also have to remember, like, since anything can be a finisher, anything can be your signature suplex. Anything can, like, I like to use, I don't really. Well, I guess I guess technically because I I, I taught I use that DDT um, neck stuff, but like I like to use the uh, um, I like to use the dragons the snap dragon suplexes. Like I love them. I, I think they're super safe. They're they're fun to. I like hitting them. Hey, bam! And they, they keep people from they keep people from being hurt in any kind of you know in any kind of way. Um, but there's I could do I could hit those. And still do a finisher that was like, oh hey, like a power bomb or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, you just you just have to make it like it. That's it's you. Red Dog does okay. Red Dog does Germans. Red Dog does Germans. That's what he does. That's what that's that's his uh that that's his those are his uh those those are his suplexes. That's what he does. And if they're safe and if they're good, then hey, you're you're set. Like it doesn't have to like oh wow you only do like gut wrenches because you can take the gut wrench and then turn it into the big ending like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be that I don't think that's I don't think that's a fair expectation because there's a lot of wrestlers who don't do that there's a lot of wrestlers who and this is my thing about doing a lot a lot of the folks who are at the highest level of the sport like at WWE don't do a lot particularly like that, that because they travel so much their style indicates that like hey conservatism is the best is your best goal to having a lot of longevity in this you do a spear you do a flat liner you do something that's an easy bump as a finisher that looks kind of cool just because it keeps people from getting it, it keeps people from getting hurt right um and i think that like you don't have to Every, everybody's not trying to get to WWE, you know, and, and that's and that's fine. But I think it does help you to think of, I have to do this uh, for a while, um, or I want to do this for a while. Like me, I want to do this till, I want to do this till I'm in my 40s, and, you know, in my, in my mid 40s, uh, maybe even, even 
taken rare bookings in my 50s, depending on what kind of shape I'm in. And if that's what I want to do and that's what I'm looking to do, then I have to set myself up for success by saying, how can I work matches that are interesting, but not based on just hitting move? And like, we haven't until the until the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s, like, I mean, you had the juniors and like the Super J Cup and you had like people watching stuff from Mexico and like the uh, like people tape trading AAA stuff like the like Lucha stuff. But until that's even a very particular style of wrestling, right? Like they have training that's based on, hey, how long can I do this? How can and, you know, when people when people's like when they're like aerial aerial stuff is beat up and they're like, Hey, I can't like do aerial stuff anymore. They become maestros and they work on holds and yaves. And it's like, that's, we can, we can just work smarter and working smarter instead of going the easy route. I think not only makes you stand out, it, it keeps you safe. It keeps you safe and it lets people go, oh, wow. So this interesting thing that I've never seen before that wasn't a move but was like a mind – like was was a taunt or was this or was that or was this fun thing that changes – that takes that stuff from being, oh, hey, okay. So to, it's slam and bump and, and good guy, good guy, yay, bad guy, boo, whatever, whatever into, oh, okay, cool. We're, we're you know, this is something okay, – oh, whoa. I've never seen that before. That was awesome. Hey, man, can I buy your sticker? Can I buy your T-shirt? You know, that was so fun. Can I get a picture with you? That was so fun. Like, because at the end of the day, we're, you know, we're, we're marketing to sell T-shirts. That's what we're doing. We're marketing to, to sell, to sell merch. Uh, and you don't really sell merch off of hitting every single move in your, uh, like in your, in your cash. You, you sell merchandise by saying like, you know, it's green time or whatever my catchphrase is, you know, on the day. And then I sell a sticker that says it's green time. And I made a moment of it's green time. And then they go, oh, hey, it's green time. Great. And then when I get ready to say it, the next time I come there and they say it with me, I know, okay, I'm selling stickers tonight because they like what I'm doing. It's like it, it's it, it's a process. I don't know. I don't want to be old, old, bitter vet. I don't want to be Mr. Gripe. But I just uh, I do think that it's we do ourselves a disservice very frequently in wrestling by not thinking, Hey, what can I do that better tells the story as opposed to like, what's a cool move that I can hit? What's a cool move that I can hit? Like that's even, even the people who say like, this is about making money and selling merch they're uh, even they don't, they don't hit crazy movies. Most of the time they just, dance and swivel their hips and people just really like them so that's what i think about too it's like i know like i'm in my late 30s and i'm like i'm still relatively young in this business and it's like all right cool so i know that i want to do this until like at least i'm in my 40s like my mid 40s at that so i'm just going to pick things out that are going to be safe and are going to be easy for me to do and i can hit on pretty much anybody and not have to worry about that part and now i just got to think about catching some little dumb catchphrase that I can use that's going to get people's attention. And they'll be like, oh, he's doing the spine buster part. All right, he's going to take with me. Uh, comedy, ha And then yeah, like, that's, that's, yeah. Right. Like, that's, <laughs> and that's, that's a great way. That's a great way to. 
that's a great way to do it. Like, it, like it doesn't, especially because like, that's, that's what they're looking for. That's really what they're looking for. They're looking for engagement. Like half of the people who come and see wrestling aren't like, like when you have conversations, when you have conversations about wrestling with people who come and see wrestling, the like the first thing that they say is like hitting somebody with a chair or something like that. You know what I mean? Like something goofy, something goofy like that, where it's like that to them, like the, the highlights of the attitude era are what is, uh, are what wrestling is. So like hitting people with the chair and going through tables and stuff and ladder matches are like in their mind. And we gotta, I, we just gotta dissuade them from that and say like, hey, it's about moments. So like, let's make a moment with each other as opposed to be like, yeah, man, it's about, it's about violence. Cause like, I, I love wrestling. I love, and I love, like, I love the violence. I love, you know, I love holds. <clears throat> I love strike exchanges. I love slams. I like, I love bumping. I just, we just got to get away from being like, that's, that's the only thing that they're there for. Cause honestly, a very small portion of the audience is here for that in particular. You bring up a good point. Cause it's something I, I, I came up with this random spot um, at a show one time and uh, I, I did it and it was my gun. It was my gun spot. Right. That I like yeah. hitting on random people. And um, so the first time I ever did it, right. This kid had no idea what my name was. Well, he kept asking his dad, hey, dad, can we go visit the guy that was like, pew, 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 pew. And so they came and found me. And that kid became like a fan of mine. Like he, yeah. every time I'm at, the, I'm at the same venue, he's always there. He's always waiting for me. He's always wanting to say hi. Like, but because I created that genuine moment with him. And then when he saw that, I kind of like altered like my style and that also the, the spot itself. He was like, I like this spot like way better than I did before because yeah. there's like, there's other stuff to be attached to it. And it's, it's, it's something where I've thought about like, this is how I'm going to do this move. This is where I'm going to hit it. This is how I want to tell the story. These are the things that I want to do to attack. And like, that's kind of like how I've kind of like built a world. And the funny thing was, is like, I've been getting a lot of help, like building the character up itself, like figuring out other, like all the weird questions and stuff like that, that you would ask yourself as far as like a character goes that way you know how your character is going to wrestle once you develop like that whole world process. Yeah. And I think about that a lot. Cause like on the heel side of things, like I'm still picking that up and I'm still like putting that together, working with like Chaz and Prince and Noah and obviously yeah. the boys of pure ignorance. They like, they know they got it down. They know what they're doing. So learning from them and then watching, watching you watching Andino, like I'm starting to learn more about how to act as a heel and, uh, it's it's just it's funny because like you're in you're still everybody's always learning something new yes. and I'm always feel like and I never feel like I'm behind the ball like the eight ball but I always feel like I'm still genuine I'm still so young like and I it, I'm to take something that I learned from Martin Short uh Martin Stone right he's just like I absolutely know nothing <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean like it's but like it's true it's like you uh you do so like you do this for years and you think like man i know it'll get over man i know what's good i know what's bad i know what's this i know what's that and then like it changes day to day and like you can't you can't dictate to audiences what they're gonna like you can't dictate to audiences who they're who they're gonna like what they're gonna enjoy like you just honestly have to just enjoy making the moments and go like okay so we're here in the present tense. They're cheering for this. They're booing for that. Like the, I, I had a match with Andino and uh, somebody started like his Andino, uh, his Andino. Heat spot. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's an old gimmick thing that he like used to be like I, I've known Indino for a long time, so like uh, he the stuff that he used to like pretend he was annoyed about, right? Like it's like that's what he would do. Like people would do the Andino Heat stuff, and if he was working heel, he'd just act like he was annoyed by what uh, by them uh, them chanting. Uh, so like somebody started it with it with a chance. And so I just started playing into it. So then we would do a little bit of offense, like do like a, Hey, lock up, do something. And then, then I just start dancing to the Andino, the Andino heat chance. And then he'd get up on me and I'd reverse it. And then I'd start dancing to the Andino heat chance. And then, you know, I got him in the, uh, I got him in the paradise lock and his, uh, his, his trunks, his butt was out and his trunks say Andino on them. So I just started like pointing to, to, to his trunks and start saying like, like Andino heat, but like, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't talk to any of that stuff. Like we weren't like, Hey, this is what it's just, those moments were just things that authentically happened. And like stuff's going to mess up as a wrestler. I'll leave this to you. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to have to go. I gotta, I gotta feed these cats, but I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. Stuff is gonna happen. Like stuff is gonna get messed up. Spots are gonna get turned around. Somebody's gonna have to take a suplex that, like, oh, we didn't call because something got got mixed around, got turned around. Um, the best thing that you can do is just live in the moment because as soon as you go, okay, that got messed up. Time to change it. Great. Hey, boom. Some got messed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Take the suplex real quick. I'll get us back on track. Hey, bam, hey, right back to where we go. Okay, so now do this, do this, do that. Cool. As soon as you get in that moment and get used to just listening to the crowd, because half the time they'll tell you, you'll do something, you'll do something crazy. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, boom, double down. Hey, we called getting back up and doing something nuts. We don't need it. They're going They're going crazy right now. They're, they're chanting, they're screaming for us. We don't need to get back up. Let's not blow, you know, let's let's not blow the spot. Come on, let's let's go straight to whatever, whatever. And we're talking through that on the floor. We're in the present. We're we're two individuals, technically three because of the ref, um, who are working together to make something really great happen. And the audience is gonna be a, a, a part of that, and they're gonna let you know that they're on the ride. Don't let them dictate what you do. So, like, don't let them tell you, like, oh, grab a chair randomly, and then you go, okay, yeah, they said it, so I gotta do it. Don't do that, because we're not we're not dancing monkeys, we're wrestlers, and they don't know they don't know how to wrestle and we do. But live in the moment because half the time they'll tell you what they want to see and what you should do more than they could ever tell you with words they're cheering they're chanting what they're psyched with um so like live in that as a wrestler that's that's year two and three as a wrestler live in the moment when you're with the audience live in the moment listen to them pick up that ear hey they feel like they they want this can i do this cool let's do it great like super easy I love it. So we're going to take this over to the last thing that we do, which is our little game that we like to play, Pin Submit DQ. I'm going to ask you, it's three rounds, three wrestlers, cool. or three entities, right, you might say. And then, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So let's go ahead and just fire off uh, three wrestlers that you know very well, because everybody knows them very well. So we're going to go with the Don Chaz Evans, Prince Machiavelli, and Noah Idol. Yeah. So Pin Submit DQ. Yeah, you got pin one, you got uh, submit one, you I'll got DQ one. Noah because I've done that before. <laughs> um, I think Prince gets the pin, and then Chaz gets the DQ. 
Okay, I like it. I like it. And so let's go with three other people that you know and you are all too familiar with, right? So let's go with uh, one, Mr. O'Shea Edwards, two, Trisha Dora, and three, Darius Carter. Uh, You gotta... So I think Darius probably gets himself DQ'd um, because he'd rather do that than take a loss. Um, Trish, um, I want to submit... Uh, and then O'Shea, I'd have to hit him with like a, a brick or something, but not like, <laughs> but like, yeah. All right, but and then the last one that we're gonna run with, right, is probably gonna be the one that seems very popular right now because a lot of people know that this movie is out. But we gotta go with Mario, we gotta go with Luigi, and we gotta go with Bowser. Uh, submit Bowser. Uh, I don't want to hurt Luigi because I love him so much. So DQ, DQ Luigi, <laughs> and then pin Mario. Bet that's how we play pin Smith DQ. You guys can play this at home too. You know, just find your own entities. Anyway, Eel, last thing I'll have for you is just let our viewers and our listeners know where they can find you. Uh, Eel O'Neill on every single platform. E E L O N E A L O'Neill like Shaquille, not like uh, t- not like Titus. <laughs> well, there you go. He told you everything that you guys can do. You guys can find him and you guys can look him up. So what I like to do, yeah, like every part of a wrestling match, we gotta take it home. Cause this is the three count pocket distance. Now entering 201 and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this nonsense called wrestling. And like, you know, every good shirt, but you gotta have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently. You can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's injuring it's him right there. Okay. It's the man of myth legend himself, Eel O'Neill. You guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there, or you really follow us on all of our social media platforms. You're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving those five-star frosh slash reviews. You're even buying our merch, prowrestlingtees.com or even foryourwear.com. You're leaving all that. You're buying. Uh, you're leaving your comments, your likes. You're telling your friends about us. You're even telling your enemies about us because maybe you don't like us at all and you just like, here, watch this because you're dumb. But either way, we appreciate all the stuff you guys do for us. And then tune in to the next episode and be there or, you know, just wait for this episode to end. Wait for the outro. And then choose another episode to listen to. Kawaii. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise. Oh! At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Three Count Pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So, show us some support, please.